0: Okay, good evening. We are going to begin. We are on Aleph 18a. We are about halfway down the page by Gufa. Okay, so this is a new parak. This parak discusses, at least at the beginning, it discusses the halachos of Shmira It discusses the halachos of, of Aninus. began with Aninus. we going to move on today to the halachos of Shmirah, of one who guards the mace. We're going to talk about a number of different nuances with regard to that. I don't know how far we'll get tonight, but uh, the end of today's amud, which flips over to tomorrow's Umud, is uh, actually discusses what do deceased people know about the world that we live in today. So we're going to go through a number of different stories that have taken place to try to identify what it is that a, a deceased person might know. Are they aware of what goes on in this world? Are they not aware of what goes on in this world? And we will hopefully see how far we can get tonight. So the Gemara says Gufa, two lines before it starts to get wide. Hamashamar Samace, the person who's guarding a mace, Afalpisha Aino Meso, even though the person the deceased person is not one of the one of his relatives. He's just standing there as a shomer to guard the mace. Palak is patrum Uminat Uminatfilo, this person is Patr from reading Kriashmah, which is mitzvah Uminat uminatvila, which is mitzvah midra banan, which from the mitzvah tfilin, me call mitzvus hamuras batara and all mitzvos, and the Gemara previously discussed what's the what's the addition of all mitzvos in the Torah. But the Gemara goes on. If there are two people, so two people were partnering to to guard this mace. They could take turns. You don't need to have two people guarding the mace the whole time. So they could switch off. They could alternate. This one's going to guard the mace. This one read Kriyeshma. Ben Azri Ben says, "How you buy what if they are guarding a mace, a deceased person, on a ship? So he says, and they could go Davin. So, in other words, he says, even if there are two people, they could just place the mace, place, place the deceased person in the corner, then they can go off on their own and to be mispiled. Sorry, the two of them, at the same time, in another corner. The Gemara says, my benay. what's the difference? Why is it that when a person is on a ship, we have this opinion from Benazai, where he says that they could just leave the mace by itself, without any Shmira. The Gemara says, There's a machlokis clearly between Benazai and the other opinion, are we worried about Achbarin? The previous shita was of the opinion that we are worried about about mice coming to attack the mace, even on a ship. And Benazir says, no, we're not worried about um, mice coming to, uh, to desecrate the mace on the ship. Why? Because it's a ship. How would the mouse get there? The mouse can't just swim all the way to the ship. So therefore, there's not, there are not going to be any mice there. Gets, this really gets into a whole discussion. I mean, what are they arguing about? Are they arguing whether there's mice on the ship? What type of machlokis is that? Check. You know, there's a way to find out. If there are, in other words, we never want to have machlokis between Amarayim, which is going to descend into Machlokis and mitziyas. Because Metzius is something we, sh- we can find out. You don't need to have Amarayim arguing about what's in front of us. So again, I, I didn't have enough time to really look into this, but my understanding is that when we're talking about, about the Sugi over here, it's are we also worried about Achbarim? In other words, everybody agrees that there's a reason to guard a mace, whether or not it's, we're, we're guarding it from a mouse coming to attack it. But maybe there's also an additional reason not to leave the mace by itself. Maybe even if there's no relevant or prevalent physical threat to the mace, Still, it's not appropriate to leave a mace by itself. And therefore, it, it seems like Ben Azir says, no, what we're worried about is Akbarim, There's no Akbarim, There's no mice on a, on a ship. There's no reason for the Shmir and the Chachamim to say, even though there's no mice. In other words, I'm not going to argue with you about whether there's mice on a ship. But even though there are no mice, still there are other reasons why it's important to guard the deceased body from the mice. The Gemara goes on. Tan a person who is carrying atzamos. I mean, the person is is uh, traveling with a with a deceased body. Hareza lo Bedavski, Don't load the body into this leather suitcase. I guess put it on the back of a donkey and then just sit on top of the suitcase. That's not the way to travel. You should not sit on top of the suitcase while you're traveling. Why? It's disgraceful. You don't treat a dead body that way. You don't sit on top of it. So rather you can find another place to sit. The Gemara says, what if he's traveling? And all of a sudden he sees there are these pirates who are coming, coming or some type of threat on the road. And he has to quickly just get moving quickly. The Allah is umipnei listim, were because of thieves, then mutter, it's mutter for him to sit on top of that suitcase and just take off and go get out of there as quickly as possible. Now the Gemara says, similar to what we said with regard to atzamos, to the bones of a dead body, kachamu b'sevotorah, the same halacha applies to a Torah. Now the Gemara says, which halacha are you talking about? Ahay, Upon which halach are you drawing this parallel between a dead body and a Sefer Torah? Ileim if you're telling me that the parallel is drawn, that just like you should not just take a dead body and put it into a suitcase and put it on top of a donkey and sit on top of it, you should not, similarly, you shouldn't do the same thing with the Sefer Torah. Gemara says, Pshita, that's obvious. Mi Gora, Sefer Torah, Everybody knows you have to treat a Sefer Torah with respect. Why would it be any worse? Again, you have to treat a dead body with respect. You also have to treat a Torah with respect. Why would I think it's any worse? The Gemara says, Ala It's going in the second part, which is a Big Chiddush. That if you're carrying a Torah from one place to the next, and then you find yourself facing some type of threat, you could sit right on top of that suitcase that's holding the Torah, get on that donkey, and get out of there as quickly as possible, even though, generally speaking, it's not appropriate to sit on top of the Torah and to ride the donkey. The Gemara goes on. I'm a Rechavah. This passage came up earlier about Lo'ig L'Rosh. Lo'ig L'Rosh is when a person pretty much laughs or treats a poor person in a disgraceful way. A person makes a mockery out of a person who is at a disadvantage. Now this is talking about a case where there is a levaya, And the assumption is that the levaya is well attended. So it's not like the Levainian needs him or his assistance to carry the mace. We're not talking about a mace mitzvah over here. We're talking about a case where a person happens to find himself in a place where there is a mace, there is an aron which is passing by. The lacha is, a person should take a few steps to be malava to escort the mace. If a person does that, he's over on loig Larosh cheref oseu. Now the Gemara says, v'im Helveu" If he does indeed escort the mace, Mascharo, what is the reward? Omer of Asvivashi says, "Alova of Omer." Upon him, the Pasak says, "Malve Hashem, Hashem Khonin um evyon." So the actual way to read the Pasak, if I'm not mistaken, is the way I read it as Malve. Malve is talking about a person who gives a loan to a dal to a poor person. But it's, the way Rashi explains over here is, it's a little bit like a, a, a play on words. Uh, instead of reading it malve as one who lends money, milave a person who escorts. It's, the same, it's spelled the same way, just the pronunciation is different. So Milaveh, if a person is going to escort, Hashem Chonin Dal, and then in Mechav Do Chonin Avion, Hashem will ultimately give Respect to this person as well. The Gemara goes on. <speaking in> Rabchia <Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> and Rabbionasan were going, were taking a walk in a cemetery. The <speaking in Hebrew> techelas, the Tzitzis of Rabbionasan, was dragging on the floor. <speaking in> Rokhia <Hebrew> said to him, Lift up your Tzitzis, pick it up. <speaking in> Why? <Hebrew> it's like this, the, the people who are buried here in the cemetery will not say, Lamachar it's Lamachar doesn't necessarily mean tomorrow, but in the in the future, maybe even the short, in the, in the in the maybe distant future, not such distant future, but eventually these people are going to join us. They'll also be placed in the cemetery. mosanu. Here they're walking around, all excited about themselves. They have their it's dragging on the floor. They don't realize that one day they'll be here as well. In other words, he was making the point that it's inappropriate for a person. To allow their tits to show in the basic kvaras. In other words, and then he's he said, if that's the case, that's the reason why you're telling me that pigomites. It's this. Umi yadi kuli hai. Do these Masim who are buried over here know what's going on? What Ksiv, the Pasik tells us, the Ha Yodim Mu'uma, dead people don't know anything. In other words, a dead person is dead. Therefore they don't know anything. So why are you worried? that the people who are buried over here are going to feel badly about the fact that I'm wearing tzitzis. I still have the opportunity to be in kind of a mitzvah, and they don't, they don't know what I'm wearing. They can't see what's going on over here because the Pasuk says clearly, yod, yodim dead people don't know anything. Amar Lehi said to him, lo shanis. If you learned this Pasuk once, you must not have reviewed it. And if you did learn it a second time, lo you didn't do it a third time, im If you did it a fourth, a third time, lo And You didn't do it a fourth time, which will ultimately give me, give the uh, a better understanding. Why? In other words, what the pasuk means, and he explains the pasuk from a greater, from more of a broader or a greater context. Kiachayim yodim sheyamusu. And the pasuk says, it's the same place where the pasuk says this. The Chaim, those who are alive, they know that they're going to die, and therefore, because they know that they're eventually going to die, they plan their lives in a way to make sure that they're prepared for such a day. And therefore, they spend their life accumulating mitzvos, zechuyos, merits to take with them as they go to Olam Haba. The Gemara says, Elut Sadikim. Even these are called tzaddikim. This pasuk is referring to Sadikim. Why? Shebemisasan nika'u Sadikim, even when they are already dead, they're considered. They're, they are referred to as chayim. Therefore, it says in the pasuk, "Ubenayu ben yoyada ben ish chay." Benayu ben yoyada ben chay. referring to him. Rav Paalim. He did a lot of things. Mikapitzal. He's from who hika s Ariel, he struck in the years of Ariel, which refers to the base of Mikdash, Moav, he went down Vihiko as Ari he struck the lion inside the pit, Beyoma Shaleg, on a snowy day. That's what the pasuk says. Now the Gemara is going to ultimately try to understand what's going on in all the Psychim. Benishai, the pasuk says, he was ben Ben Yoyada. He was Ben Ishchai. kuli what it says? What does it mean? What does it mean when we say Ben was a Ben Ishchai, the son of a live person? Everybody is the son of a live person. How can anybody not be the son of a live person? Everyone else is the son of a dead, of a dead person. Ella What that means is Even in his death, he was considered high, Rav Poalim. The pasuk says he was Rav Poalim i Pitzuel. What does that mean? Sheriba the Kavat Poalim L'Torah. He did a lot of things to enhance Torah learning. V'Huhika as Shnei Ariel Moav. What that mean? When the pasuk says that Shlohi Kamoso Kamosa Loba Mikdash Rishon, Loba Mikdash Shain, there was nobody who was like him. Not in the first place in Mikdash. Not in the second basement, what does the pasuk mean when it says that he went down and struck a lion inside the bar? It says, So there's two different understandings of what this pasuk means. Some say, Some understand that it means that he actually took a hammer and he broke through a layer of ice. In the winter, like this, he could be tovel, he wanted to make sure that he was, that he was tar. The Kadami, there are those who say, de tono sifra, de beirav, rav yoma de sisva, that he's learned the sifra of rav in the winter. In other words, either, either one of these things is very difficult. I don't know if this is the pshat. this is just what I, what I thought of when I was learning this. In the first pshat we understand, a lot of mysterious nafesh for a person to go to the mikvah when it's freezing cold outside, they have to break the ice to get into the water, we can understand I think actually one of these days, we're having the Maryland State Police polar bear plunge or something like that. So, all right. at well, least people are prepared. This tents with heaters all over the place and hot chocolate. And everybody's able to go have their plunge very quickly. But a person has to go out. In the middle of the winter, it's freezing cold. To be tovel, Break the ice. It's a very big, mysterious message. The other one is, what, that he learned this safer in one day in, in the winter. I think perhaps, what's, what's the relevance of the winter? I think it it is because the Gemara says it's biyoma desisva. In the daytime of the winter. During the day of the winter, it's much shorter. So in other words, you have, there's much, it it is is a a very big compliment to say a person was able to accomplish so much in a shorter period of time. In the summer, he has so many more hours to get it done. In the winter, it's 4.30. The sun goes down already, it's no longer yoma. Maybe that's the pshat, maybe not. Alright, the Gemara goes on. V'amesim enam yodim uma, and the pasach Follows that pasuk and says that we brought this all in because we're trying to understand the lead up to this pasuk. The next pasuk says, "Hamesim inim That refers to elu rishayim. That refers to evil people, wicked people. Shabachayem Kuruyim meisim. During their lifetime, they are called mesim Shnemer, For it says, "Veschalal rasha nasi yisrael." So we see that the Pasuk over here refers to the person who's dying as a mace. He's not dead yet. The mace will die. Right now, he's still alive. Why are we calling him a mace? Chayu, he's alive. Elo hames make car refer to this person as a mace while he's still alive. So we see clearly that this Gemara understands that. Um, when the Pasuk says, Va yodim it doesn't mean that a dead person doesn't know anything. The mesim is like a euphemism to describe a person whose life has zero vitality in it. A person whose life has zero vitality in it. A person is, com- is completely wasting their life. That's a rasha. A rasha is a person whose entire life goes to waste. So much so to the point where in this case, he has to actually be put to death because he's abusing his life. So a person whose life is used to cause pain, suffering to, to other people, that person's a rasha, that person's considered to be a mace even while they're alive. Such a person as Einam Yodim uma doesn't know anything. But generally speaking, a person who passes away, we don't have any raya yet as to whether or not these people know what's going on in the world, in the world that comes. So tomorrow's Gemara is going to bring up, a number of stories. We have a couple more minutes. Maybe we'll just get started on it. We're not going to finish it because the story goes pretty much down the page. We'll get started. And tomorrow night, I think I'm still here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we'll continue um, this Gemara. The gemara says, <laughs> The sons of Rabbi Chia went out to, to check out their affairs. They went to go do business with uh, with some real estate that they owned. Now, while they were there, for whatever reason, They forgot their learning. Maybe they got distracted too long. They forgot their learning. Have become They couldn't. They were. They were having a very difficult time remembering the things that they learned. One of them said to his friend, Yoda avun Does our father of Chia know how difficult it is for us that we forgot our learning? In other words, they were curious. Does our father know how painful it is for us to be living such a lifestyle? We don't know. We we forgot our Torah. We forgot what's going on. The other one said, "How from where should we know this?" From Vaksiv it says, "Yichabdu v'lo How would he know? How would our father know what our suffering is like? The pasuk in Eov talks about the fact that a person's sons will ultimately become very honorable. The father won't know anything of it. So it seems clear that a person does not know what's going on after they pass away. The other one responded and said, is it true that he doesn't know, but it does say, which describes a pain that's happening with a person's flesh after they die. explains, The worms that attack the corpse of a person are more painful than like a needle going into a live person's skin. So it's very painful for a, for a mace. It's very painful to have to experience the worms that are attacking their body. And the answer is said, Amri did who yadi. Their own pain, we can understand that they can know that. When it comes to the pain of someone else, perhaps they don't know. DeGuar is going to go, go on and DeGuar uh, is going to challenge this and say "velo." And tomorrow night, Ritz Hashem will learn a fascinating story about um, a person who got into a fight with his wife, found himself spending the evening in the cemetery that night and overheard a conversation that took place between two deceased people who were buried there. Very exciting, Ritz Hashem. Tomorrow, we'll learn that. Sleep well tonight. <laughs>